Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Here, engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. I'm Rhonda Pick, Managing Editor of Poultry Health Today. With me is Dr. Suzanne Doherty. She is poultry veterinarian at Pilgrims. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. We're going to talk about a disease that maybe people are a little less familiar with, inclusion body hepatitis. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the disease is? Sure. Um, The disease is a virus, as you mentioned. Um, It's actually an adenovirus. It used to be known as the disease of clean houses, Um, but we all know that that is not truly the case in the U.S. um, as we do not clean out frequently, Um, but it is a virus that can be um, vertically transmitted or horizontally transmitted from bird to bird within a house, and it can be tracked onto other farms and into other houses, Um, and it can cause some pretty significant mortality uh, and performance losses as well. How did this uh, disease come onto your radar recently? Um, Well, interestingly enough, I have had it now in two different complexes. I had it in a big bird complex, which was a nine pound bird complex. And I also had it in a small bird complex, which is a 375 pound complex. Um, Interestingly enough, I have two different serotypes. So there are multiple serotypes um, and uh, it's not typically a virus that we normally vaccinate for in the U.S. as far as in our breeders for maternal protection. Um, But we have seen it in different different ways. So in the big birds, uh, we saw high mortality uh, within the second and third week. Um, It causes a, a pericarditis type lesion, a yellowing color of the liver, very yellow uh, with maybe some little hemorrhage, red specks throughout the liver. It can also cause what's called hydropericardium where there's fluid around the heart and then the kidneys will also be swollen. So it causes mortality in those birds and then it can also creep up again around that in the 30 day age range. Um, And so I saw both of those instances within my large bird complex. The interesting thing about it is once the birds get sick and die, and once it runs its course in a house, typically it's done. Um, There's not a whole lot of lingering effect of a secondary bacterial infection or anything like that, at least in my experience. Any seasonality? Um, well, I have seen it since this since last summer through the winter. So we've been dealing with it for quite a while. Um, and that's another interesting thing is the theory is typically when a hen flock, it will not affect the hen flock. Um, so you typically don't know they're positive until they vertically transmit it to their progeny. So typically hens will normally seroconvert, meaning they will uh, amount an immune response stop shedding the virus within the six to eight week time period. And we just are not seeing that. So we are seeing a very slow seroconversion of those hen flocks um, because we are still seeing some vertical transmission. In my small bird complex, it presented differently. Uh, We were just having some nagging weird mortality, nothing very hugely obvious on the livers. Um, The way I actually found it was in the processing plant uh, from the livers in the processing plant because they're processing those birds around 33 days, 34 days of age when the virus is still active in the liver. Um, and so that's how we, we got the initial uh, thought that it was in that complex as well. And common risk factors associated with the disease. Can you 
remind us what? Well, you know, it, it gets brought in typically vertically. Typically, that's how it begins. Um, so, and because we don't vaccinate our hens, um, it's usually a surprise um, because typically it's not a disease we see a lot of. Um, but biosecurity is really important, especially trying to prevent transmission from one breeder flock to another. And then also in the rulers, try to prevent the horizontal transmission. So the transmission from a positive house to either another positive house on that farm during that flock, or even in the following flock, the next flock that comes in, if that virus is still there, um, that would be another horizontal way that if those birds are naive coming into the house, they can pick up the virus from the previous flock. So biosecurity is critical. Um, and just trying not to track between houses and farms. So with mortality coming into play, this can be an economically significant yes, disease. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we are in the process now of making an autogenous vaccine. Unfortunately, that takes four to five months. Um, so, uh, but that is definitely going to be something that we're looking forward to. But it's absolutely economic uh, to the point to where we have decided that we are going to put an autogenous into those complexes to help protect their progeny. And historically, has IBH been an issue in the U.S.? Like I said, it's very sporadic. So, you know, certain states will have it for a while, then it'll shift, then you won't see anything for a while, and then it'll rear its head up. So um, mostly we've been seeing the same serotype, an 8B, um, within pilgrims uh, sporadically here and there. It is unique that uh, the... One of the small bird complex actually is a different serial group. It's an 11, which is a different presentation. Um, so it's, it's, you know, I don't know if we're going to start seeing some more of the oddball serotypes that we typically don't see. Um, but so we're going to have to make two different autogenous vaccines as well. So what advice would you have for other producers, other companies that encounter this disease? Yeah, so I think, you know, the quicker you get it, the quicker you, you notif notice that's what's going on, get your virus isolated out of those birds, make sure you know what virus you're dealing with, and then make an autogenous. At the same time, biosecurity is going to be key, making sure your growers are aware, your techs are aware how it's spread, and then try to do, if you're not able to clean out the farm, which would probably be ideal on the ruler farm, is making sure that you are um, doing some type of intervention in between flocks, such as heating the houses to try to reduce viral load or uh, some type of litter amendments or some type of disinfectant within those houses to help reduce the viral load. Um, and another thing is no moving eggs. So we've identified the hen flocks that are positive, And so we're making sure that eggs do not leave that complex to where if they went to another complex and hatch, they could infect another complex. So biosecurity is the key at this point. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com slash join.